You're a wizard, Abby. to the Harry Potter Book Club or the Order of the Phoenix with Sarah Tompkins, Michael DeMauro, and I'm Majaya Shrestha. This week, we talk about Chapter 38, The Second War Begins. We wrap up Book 5, and the Quizage Cup gets a winner. Okay, so yeah. what is this final game? Yeah. Okay, I should call we, this. I call should this we stop game. the recording? Or do you want to? No, let's keep recording. Okay. It's kind of dumb, but I, I want to play it. She has been very. She's been talking about this for like months. So if it sucks, it's okay. But yeah. it's gonna be great. I call this spot the euphemism <gasps> because J.K. Rowling loves dick jokes. Yeah, <laughs> so do I. She loves them so much, but and she really puts does. them yeah. in her books everywhere. I so. have to edit out a lot of dick jokes. Yep. Penetration. <laughs> so I picked. So what I did was I picked. Five sentences out of the book that are naughty. And KM, yeah. And I want you to guess who said it and what it was actually about instead of what it sounds like it's about. So you can we, buzz in or say or so whatever. All, yeah. All buzzing. Free for all. Yeah, free for all. Who punches who first? <laughs> <laughs> Whoever wins has to. No. There's nothing good that can be said about that. I'm stopping. All right. That thing, that thing you're hiding. Oh, God. <laughs> Whoa. From this book? Uh-huh. Ding, um, ding, ding, ding. Michael. Hermione to Ron. I wish. Um, Ferenzi to Hagrid? Uh-uh. Is it to Hagrid? Uh-uh. <laughs> it's... from Hagrid? <laughs> it's Umbridge? Mm-mm. To... <laughs> Filch. <laughs> ship it. I was say, is this your new ship now? Umbridge ship filch. It'll come to me. I'm, I'm gonna think. Of, I'm thinking. It's, I'll think of it's from Dudley to Harry. Oh. oh. And he's talking about his wand because he's scared yeah. of it. But Ar- really, Arkbridge. Arkbridge. What? Milch. Oh, she's trying to think of her relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Philbridge. 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 Michael. I think this one is Ron to Hermione. <laughs> you want this to happen so much. <laughs> well, Michael's name right? is like, he was oh, it's like, today. harder in the dark? Uh, it's harder in the dark. It I is, was close that time. It's Hermione to... <laughs> it's... It's a dude. I'll oh. just say that. Harry. Zacharias. It's a dude. <laughs> Get off Zacharias. <laughs> He's the worst. What? It's, Who is it? It's. I wanted to guess. Serious to Lupin. <laughs> I, I have seen it on the internet and I would be into that, so that's fair. Um, no, it's Fred and George. Well, about to what? Ron about apparating. Oh. <laughs> oh. Why would that be harder in the dark? Because you can't see where you're going. Can't see where you're going. He sits on his knees or something. He like gets on Ron's bed when he's operating. Okay, sure. We'll test him. Okay. Okay. Was it was it you know what, darling? Did he use his thing? (laughs) (laughs) Petunia uh, about to Dudley. Yeah. About Harry's wand. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was my chapter, and I was like, this is hilarious. It's the, it's the best. She puts them, I think she does it to make herself laugh, honestly. You okay. have to. I mean, you gotta. We aren't fussed where we stick this. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Say it again. We're fussed. We're not fussed. We're not we aren't fussed where we stick this. I mean, uh, I guess Cavalier, but. Uh, <laughs> and, um, 
plus where we stick this. Is it Fred to George? No, it is. It's George though. Is it? He says it. To okay. who? George. Bajaya, you should get this one. Oh, George to Ron. George to. You said it like two seconds ago. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure the DA meeting because he's being a little shit. Yeah, he's being a shit. What's his name? Zachary. They pull a Zonko's wand or something out of the bag and they yell it at him. We aren't fussed where we stick this. Which is a good insult. Okay, last one. Not this brave at night, are you? I mean, when you're in bed. <gasps> Sounds like oh, Dudley to Harry. Yeah. Sorry. Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't count. Ding, ding, ding. Dudley to Harry. I'm your buzzer. Your buzzer. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Always, her LARP Harry character has moved on to here. <laughs> She's okay. just like, it's all about me. <laughs> it's called Harry Potter, Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, not Ron Weasley and the or Prisoner of Azkaban. Well, I just picked one of the books. God. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Bajaya. <laughs> I get to take this home now. I don't have to put it in my luggage. Neither do I. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, you definitely lost me. I didn't want to. Yeah. Play at all. <laughs> I was gonna have to bring it on the plane. That would be real hard. Sorry well, for not remembering everything. Honestly, here. And talk about your what? Well, I'm thinking. It's gonna be dark now. Yeah, you can. I can't see it. That was cool. I thought it was cool. Yeah, just hit the Chapter 38, The Second War Begins. Alright, so the Ministry is finally confirming that Voldemort's back. Fudge makes a... About it's time. about fucking time. Fudge makes a statement about it, adding that there was a mass revolt of Dementors in Azkaban and who are, whom are now taking directions from Voldemort. That's, so that's great. Whoops. Yes. <laughs> I like that Fudge is like, not only is Voldemort back, the Dementors are with him. Good luck. Yay. So the ministry is publishing guides on how to defend houses and themselves, like for the people, which it's gonna, it's kind of going to be rudimentary, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the Daily Prophet is finally reporting the truth, but they're also acting like they themselves weren't the ones publishing lies. They're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. the trio are in the hospital wing and they are all listening to Hermione read the article. They're now calling Harry the boy who lived again instead mm. of like liar or whatever they were, else they were calling. Pulling a real New York Times. <laughs> Ron is still recovering from his uh, encounter with the brain. Although Madame Pomfrey thinks that thoughts could leave deeper scarring than almost anything else. Could this have something to do with how the necklace affected Ron later? I don't know. Oh. Maybe. So Hermione's also recovering from the cursed Dollhob costume cast on her although it wasn't as strong as it would have been because he did, he couldn't say it out loud luna's dad sold harry's interview to the daily prophet for a good chunk of money so they're going to sweden in the summer to catch crumplehorn snorkak so it's cute i hope he never betrays anyone <laughs> yeah never happens things are getting back to normal at school flitwick got rid of fred and george's swamp in about three seconds but left a tiny patch as a monument to the twins which i think is very sweet 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 <laughs> sweet i was gonna say we never we didn't talk about this last time but that's one thing in the movie that made me mad was that they only set off fireworks they didn't have a swamp oh yeah boo the swamp is the awesomest part also the whole i don't want to rehash the whole appease being missing thing but he's a delight Mm. A delight. Anyway. Filch is miserable because he thinks Umbridge was the best thing to ever happen to Hogwarts. 
in, I don't know, I just sprinkled in my questions throughout here. But, I mean, if Filch thinks that, like, Umbridge was kind of like a, a not, I, I don't want to say a traitor to, kind of a traitor to the essence of Hogwarts, the motto, like the, what is it? Right, the essence of how Arg Bridge, I ship it. Uh, maybe get a fucking new caretaker. Filch is, I think, needs to. He gotta go. He gots to go. Things gonna happen. Umbridge was also in the hospital wing. Dumbledore went into the forest by himself and came out with her. No scratches on him, and no one knows how. Because we all know that uh, she got taken off by the centaurs, and centaurs don't like wizards, but everybody's scared of Dumbledore, so. Pomfrey thinks Umbridge is still in shock. And sometimes uh, in the hospital wing, Ron makes clip-copping noises and she sits bolt upright with like this crazy look in her eyes because she was so scared. Like, what the fuck did the centaurs do to her? Ferenzi and Trelawney are going to have to teach divination together because the other centaurs won't take Ferenzi back. Um, no, He's like, he's been, he's been shunned. I know. By his own kind. Harry hasn't told the rest of them what actually what he actually knows about the contents of the prophecy about him. That, you know, the whole thing about whether he's going to die or he's going to be the one that kills. So Harry doesn't really want to tell them about the prophecy either. So he leaves the hospital wing and he tells the others that he's going to go visit Hagrid. On the way there, he comes across Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle, who are very mad at him. Because their fathers are in prison because of the whole shit at the ministry. They're about to curse each other when Snape walks in on them. And he's about to, Snape is about to take points away from Gryffindor. But they don't have any points. <laughs> and McGonagall shows up at the right time. And he's like, she's like, oh, I understand that they don't have any points. But here, let's get 50 points to each involved for alerting the world of Voldemort. And, and then she also goes, but I guess that's also 50 points for Ravenclaw because of Luna. <laughs> so Snape can't really say anything about that. So so he Harry does go to visit Hagrid. Other students are kind of scattered around throughout the grounds reading the prophet. prophet and they kind of like look at him while he walks past them. Hagrid had been hiding in the caves in the mountains like Sirius did. But now he's back. Grop is better behaved now. And Hagrid is thinking about getting him a lady friend. <laughs> That's what we need. More giants and more just procreation. So Hagrid tries to tell Harry that Sirius died in a battle and that's how he would have wanted to go. But, but Harry's like, Sirius didn't want to die at all. Which is true. Who does? Um, they could like they could both be true. They could both be right. He didn't want to die, but if he had to. Yeah. Hagrid tries to explain more that Sirius wouldn't have wanted to live with himself. He hadn't gone to the ministry to fight and... Harry says he needs to go see Ron and Hermione at the hospital wing, and he leaves and upset uh, Hagrid. He's like, oh, okay. So Harry feels very isolated again, but especially since his conversation with Dumbledore, he had always been a marked man, but he didn't really understand what that meant. But even now, it was really hard to process the fact that his life must, like, conclude or end in murder. He doesn't know how to feel about that. Conclude or end in murder. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. So he sat by the lake until after the sun has set. Hermione, and then he goes back up. But a couple of days, Hermione and Ron are all mended up. And Hermione keeps acting like she wants to talk about to Harry about Sirius, but keeps getting shushed by Ron. Harry isn't really sure if he wants to talk to them about it. His mood, like, keeps changing. Like, I want to talk about it. No, I don't. So he's going to have to go to Privet Drive soon, and he's super dreading it, even though now he knows that he has to go back every year. Mm -hmm. Umbridge tries to leave during the night before the end of the term, but meets Peeves on the way out, who has taken, obviously, talked about this earlier, but he has taken Fred and George's command to give her hell, like, like very seriously, and he chases her out, whacking her with a walking stick. That's very hard to say. <laughs> and a sock full of chalk, like alternatively, which... Wacka, wacka, wacka. <laughs> that, that could lead to serious injuries. Um, mm -hmm. she, did, she did injure Harry very seriously with I cannot tell lies. Yeah, that's true. So the students all run out to watch it and the heads of houses are like, oh no, don't go out there. Stay in your seats. 
they're like very half-heartedly stopping them. So it's time for the end of the term feast, and Harry's not all packed, and Ron's like, you can do it tomorrow morning, it's fine. And he says, no, I'm going to do it. You can go ahead. Uh, I'll come down after. But he really makes no effort to speed up his packing because he really is not in the mood to attend the feast. He's trying to empty his trunk to put away the things that he notices, or he put away his things. And when he notices a small crumpled package, it's the gift Sirius gave him when he was Harry was leaving Grimmauld Place, telling him to use it. If Harry ever needed serious. Oh no, is it a pack of condoms? <laughs> Jesus Christ, why would he tell, why would he give him that? It's serious. Could would that really surprise you? I guess not. How dare you. But I, he's a cool uncle. Um I'm not like a regular uncle. I'm a cool uncle. So it's a small square mirror. On the uh, mirror, he, Sirius has scribbled a note saying it's a two-way mirror. Sirius has the other one. If he ever wanted to talk. All he has to say is Sirius's name into the mirror and they could talk. That's how James and Sirius used to talk to each other when they were apart from each other during break. He gets really excited. Harry does because he remembers seeing his parents in the mirror of Erised and he's like, mirror? This is a mirror. That was a mirror. It's the exact fucking same thing. I'm a dumbass. Let's do it. I understand. Please don't email or tweeted me saying he's heartbroken and he's very sad Don't and that's why her, he she knows. doesn't connect it to I'm I'm just joking but kind of so he's like I totally know that I'm going to be able to see Sirius right now and he says Sirius's name and it doesn't work so he throws the mirror into his trunk and it breaks he gets another idea and I and he thinks it's a better one he's so excited he's he runs out of the Gif- Gryffindor Gryffindor common room until he finds who he's looking for. It's nearly headless Nick. And so he wants to ask Nick a question and Nick is like, I, I have been expecting this. So Harry asks about ghosts and people coming back from death to inhabit the earth. And Nick says, not everyone can come back as a ghost, only wizards. And Harry almost laughs and he's like, oh, <laughs> that's great then because the person I'm thinking about is a wizard. And before like Harry can tell, tell Nick who he's talking about, Nick just says he won't come back. So Nick says only a few wizard, wizards choose the path to walk the earth as an imprint of their former selves. Harry has questions about death and what happens afterwards. And Nick is like, I don't know. I don't know what happens after death. I don't really know that much about about death because I chose to remain behind. So I don't know the secrets of death. He was so afraid of death. So he chose to the imitation of life instead of death and what laid after it, which he's it's kind of sad. But I, I have a, a note about this after just. Put a pin in it. He, so he heads back to the Gryffindor Tower where he runs into Luna, who's trying to collect her items for heading home. And she's like, people like to hide my things. That's a joke. But since it's the end of term, I really want like to have it back. And Harry says, do you want help? And she says, no, they usually tend to turn up one way or another. Uh, but talking to Luna kind of s- seems to oddly comfort Harry because she just kind of has that like no nonsense, like straightforward talking that Luna does. He asks her who she lost, and she says it was her mother, who was an extraordinary witch, but she liked to experiment, and one of her spells went rather wrong. Luna says, it's not like she'll never see her mom again. And Harry says, what do you mean? And she says, well, you heard the voices beyond the veil. They're there. They're just waiting for us Hmm. uh, until we can join them or whatever. That's really beautiful. I know. The journey home was eventful. Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle try to attack Harry, but... When there are no teachers in sight, which maybe they should have a couple of teachers patrolling uh, the Hogwarts Express, right? Just you think just so? Saying? Yeah, like just a chaperone or two. Yeah, even 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 to help them protect them against general Voldemortness, like just also protect them against teenage hormones. Yeah, make sure they're not grinding up all on each other. Oh, gross! <laughs> Sarah, they're fifteen. <laughs> have you ever been to a school dance? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on with no teachers in sight, so they want to attack him, but they attack. Um, they don't know this, but they accidentally attack him outside a compartment filled with DA members. And then after all that gets sorted out, Harry settles down in a compartment with his friends, and they tell him that Cho is going out with someone else now. And Harry's like, "Wow, I actually don't feel anything. Uh, don't feel hurt about this." And Hermione says, yeah, she's with Michael Corner, 
Um, <gasps> who Ginny dumped because Ginny used to date. Yeah. yeah. Ginny dumped him because he didn't like that Gryffindor beat Ravenclaw at Quidditch, which I think isn't very Ravenclaw of well, could it's kinda actually very Ravenclaw of him, I guess. At Quidditch. <laughs> But it's, I don't know. So Ron is like, yeah, you should have broken up with him. Like, he's a terrible person. Choose better. Someone better next time. And Ginny's like, uh, I hope I did. I chose Dean Thomas. I hope you think he's better. Oh, uh, yes, he Definitely is. handsome in the movie. That's Whatever, what girl. <laughs> you got it. Mm-hmm. So they get to King's Cross, and there's a whole group waiting for them. Mad-Eye's there, Tonks is there, Lupin, Mr. and Mrs. Wheezy, Fred and George, who are dressed in brand new jackets because the business is booming, y'all. So they're all there so they can have a little- You know who's not there? I'm sorry? You know who's not there? Who? Serious. Oh my- Oh my god, Sarah! You're off this podcast. Michael, can we kick her out? Bye! Too soon! Hashtag too soon! Jesus. All your- Tweets needs to go at her lady Tompkins. They're all there so they can have a little chat with the Dursleys about how Harry is being treated at the house. If they don't hear from Harry three days in a row, they will send someone over to check on him. Just saying. But that's a lot of letters to write. Like, is Harry just going to send a note saying, I'm okay? Like, what is he, how much of a thing does he have to say? You know? I mean, this is the 90s. They didn't have anything else to do but write letters. This is, is it the 90s? Yeah. Oh, what is that? Is yeah. that Kit? That sounds like a dog. That's my dog going, are you still podcasting? <laughs> we have a little bit more, buddy. Mrs. Weasley promises to have Harry over as soon as they can. And it really meant a great deal to Harry to have all of them all there on his side. And he's like, I want to cry, but I'm not going to. Yeah. So that's the end of the chapter. The stuff about the ghosts not coming back. The people not coming back as ghosts, not everybody comes back as new. So it's the thing about Luna. And also, the only, I kind of sprinkled in the questions I had throughout the recap. But the one question that I haven't picked is, or haven't talked about is, why doesn't Sirius remind Harry about the mirror ever? Yeah, why wouldn't you? If It seems like a pretty important gift that you should just, like, actually hand the person. Or be like... Hey, did you ever open that gift I got you? Also, who doesn't open a gift, like, immediately? He gave Harry the mirror on their way out of Grimmauld Place, so I don't think he had time to open it. He probably just, like, pushed, put it in his trunk and then forgot about it. But also, like, but if you gave Harry something that is so useful that you don't have to use flu, flu network and flu powder, maybe you remind so him of it. So what you're saying is absolutely right. I just, I don't feel like he wouldn't have... Or Sirius wouldn't have told him, which I, I just feel like the inclusion of this mirror is kind of mean. It is. There's no point to it to me. There is no. Other than just to like make you feel bad that like, oh, we could have solved all the problems if I just unwrap this fucking package. Yeah. Do we use it again? Am I? I can't remember. Yes. Yeah. It gets used. The, one of the shards so. gets used again. It's the whole point of including this this mirror at the end of this chapter or in, at the end of this book is so that they can use it in book seven, right? That's the, that's the only reason. I feel like there's like 20 different things they could have done differently that would have worked just as well. This is, it felt cruel to me. It is very cruel. It's, it's a weird detail to add um, to somebody who's already feeling so guilty they wish they weren't a person. I mean, I just feel like if Sirius had meant... Like, if this mirror would have been, like, so useful to their relationship and to talking this book, then Sirius would have just been like, hey, how about us use this mirror instead of the fire? Well, because he does, he does talk to him through the fire. Yeah, a couple of times. So, like, why wouldn't he have been just like, bro, open the fucking package. Then we won't have to do this. I feel like that would have been, like, less, I don't know, mysterious- or more Wait, that's, mysterious. That's an, excellent, like, that's an excellent point. Like, why did you bother breaking into Umbridge's office when you could just use a super cool mirror that I gave you? They, I can't remember when he actually gets the mirror. I can't remember if it was after, during the- for Christmas. Christmas. Oh, okay, Christmas. Was, yeah. When does he, when, uh, when does Umbridge almost catch him in the fireplace? After Christmas, for sure. Or at least one of the times. Like, they could literally, like, when he goes to Umbridge's thing, he could be like, seriously, like, get off of here and go get the package. Bye. Yeah. That's all you had to say. Yeah. Oh, c- yeah, because he goes to Umbridge twice. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't. Unless, one time with toast, one time without. I don't understand why he would like himself forget about the gift that he got Harry. But maybe. Especially when he's literally sitting there bored out of his mind all day long every day. Like yeah. he wouldn't. Ha- I just I feel I, like he wouldn't have. Especially because who doesn't open so, a gift from their favorite person? But also, like because he's so bored, I would just like look at the mirror all the time and be like Harry Potter. And if he sees that there's a brown paper bag around it still, just write him a little note that says, "Hey, this is blah blah. What is what are the Padfoot? I see that you haven't opened my gift yet. Just waiting. Just say that because I'm sure it's like." You know, you try to Skype someone that you haven't seen in a while while you're lonely. Just let me Skype you, Harry. It's easy. Come on, let Harry. Me mirror come you, on, Harry. Come on, Harry. Harry, come on. Just Skype him back, Harry. Come on. Come on. That's the chapter. That was my question. And that's the friggin' book. Well, we have to do that's the wrap. That's the book. We have to do the wrap up. We should. Oh, right, but, but we still up. finished the book. We did have to. Yeah. We, we did it. How many pages is that, guys? That's a lot of pages. That's so many it's pages. It's 800, hold many. on. 870. 870? Yeah. Man. Holy crap. That's that's more pages than is in two years. Yikes. If you read a page or, a day. Or as I like to think of it, it's 27 hours and two minutes. It's 27 hours and two minutes if you listen to it on a book on tape. It's a lot of tapes. It's a lot of tapes, guys. You gotta rewind them at the end. Yeah, you gotta flip it over. It's a lot. It's like a whole... Did I ever tell you about how big the Lord of the Rings book on tape set was? It was very large. It was many, many packs. Oh, was it actual tapes or CDs? Yes, it was... Yes, no. My family owns all of the the Lord of the Rings trilogy on cassette tape. Oh. That's amazing. I have book seven of, of Harry Potter... Um, on CDs, and that's still a lot of CDs. We literally like, I like Return of the King is like a whole sleeve, guys. It's like it's a lot of it's a lot of cassette tapes. I meant to say this earlier. My car, I forgot to lock it, uh, and one night, and on my street, people will come up and like just try different car doors to see if they're unlocked. And one night, when I left it unlocked, they took my Backstreet Boys CD, but <gasps> they and and changed in my aux cord. But they left my, I have a The Hobbit in three CDs, and they left those. <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> I was uh, I was pleased and also judged offended. at the same time. <laughs> a little offended. I, I hope that no one would leave Order of the Phoenix on 30 cassette tapes in someone's car. They should take those. Man, let's, what do you say we go re, go re, not recap. Um, what Reread we read the whole wrap book. It. Wrap it up. Hooray. Let's go wrap up. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. I don't want to. I don't want to ever leave this book. Okay, we'll leave you here. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's wrap this freaking book up. 870 whole pages. Wrap it. I think this is the longest book, right? I think it might be the longest. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the next longest is maybe the seventh. Longest. Harry I'm gonna Potter get it first. Book. I have. I literally have I them got under it. my Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. I literally just opened up my chest to try and see because I have a chest of Harry Potter books, and I just realized that my roommate who moved to California stole my first book. So. Ah, boo. Oh man. So it's the longest book in the series yet. The second shortest film. What? After which one? The second or the first? Can't be. Uh, it's got not. It's got to be like the third one, maybe. I don't think the third, third one one's was great. that long. Right. We're saying the shortest. Oh, oh, the second shortest. Was that the question? Wait, they said the second longest or the second shortest. Second yeah. shortest movie. Uh, maybe, maybe it is the first or the book. second then. That's what I said. Arr- Harry, Sorcerer's Stone movie. No. Oh, uh, Deathly Hallows Part 2. Deathly Hallows Part 2 is two hours and ten minutes. Oh. So that is the shortest. Wow. I didn't realize that. So if that. you think about it, that's only half of a... I think I feel like it feels longer, the movie, than... Anyway, well, whatever. Goblet of Fire is... Oh, no. Chamber of Secrets is the longest movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> then it's goblet. That's pretty, that's pretty astounding, actually. Then it's half blood. Then it's sorcerers. Then Deathly Hatters Part One. Then it's uh, Order Phoenix. Nope. Then it's Prisoner. Then Order Phoenix. Then Deathly Hatters Part Two. Wow. Anyway, we got sidetracked. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's wrap this book up, y'all. How do we feel about it? How do we feel about it? Because I think I think going into this, a lot of us felt like maybe it was our least favorite or close to least favorite when thinking about like book two like this was a this was not this was on the bottom of a list for a lot of us i think for me yeah i think book two this is and i think i would probably say i'd probably say still i would have it as my second bill least favorite yeah i think i liked it better than i think i liked it better than chamber of secrets i like it better than chamber of secrets for sure um that might be the worst by a lot for me yeah I don't. I, and I said this, this last time, but I do think that I do think that this book is really good at eliciting a lot of emotion. It's the most unpleasant book to read, I think, of all of them. Yeah, I think Chamber of Secrets is still my least favorite book, mm-hmm. just because I I get really annoyed with Harry in this book and with Sirius in this book, but I feel like like getting that emotion out of me and. I think it's like the emotions that they have in this book is as much as I hate it. Like if I was in this situation, I would probably do the same thing. Similar things. No, and I honestly like as I was reading my my last chapter. So my second the second to last, you know, chapter in this book. There were some times where Harry was like feeling such immense guilt. He didn't know what to do with himself. And I I can identify with that. And and to a point where it felt very, it did actually feel very, I was frustrated with him at points and even within that chapter. But then at points I thought of just, it was incredibly relatable because that is how I feel when I feel guilty and I don't know how to deal with my emotions. And you, you do want to do stuff. I, I do think, and I think like, Umbridge is an incredibly unlikable character. She's a great villain. I think in a lot of ways, she's maybe the best villain in these books. I mean, obviously, Voldemort is the ultimate, but she made me so much more annoyed than Voldemort ever did. Mm-hmm. You know? Sometimes it's the everyday villains that are really the worst. Like, she's pretty one-dimensional. That's true. That's very true. Um, Not a lot of nuance but, there. But boy, is she evil. She has a special evilness to her. That's true. Maybe she's the least... Uh, Barty Crouch should have a lot of dimension to him other than he was moody for a while. Ha ha ha, moody. So, so historically, this is the first Harry Potter book that I had to wait Ooh, to read. interesting. Oh. Were you mad yeah. when you got it after you'd waited? Wait, what year did this come out? 2003. Okay. Looks like. And what was the, when did the one before that come out? I'm going to look it up. Because I feel like I was waiting for it for a a little while. Yeah, so this came out. So, yes, so this makes sense. Because I remember being, like, living in New York and reading Harry Potter and then basically waiting for several years to read uh, the next one. And... So I I feel so part of my emotional connection to this is that like for the for, it was like it's, poor Harry's being tortured he has no family his family's all taken away from him and then I really liked serious character mm-hmm. and I was like oh my god Harry's finally getting he's finally getting that part of his life like I, and I was like you know I'm really happy that like he's finally had somebody he can think of his family and be connected to and then then the way jk kills him off um i really disliked a lot i remember like yeah i remember being so i actually i really like contrary to everything that i've said or in comparison or stark comparison i don't know whatever i really like Sirius a lot and i have always loved Sirius, and um I remember being very happy that he was back. And I remember at the time, you know, being fresh. I read this probably when I was 50. What year did it come out? 2003. 2003. 2003. I was a fresh, either senior I was 15 school. years old when this Jesus book came Christ. out. I was 18. 
Right, because because in 98, I would have been 10. Yeah, so I was 15. So I was 15 when this book came out, so it was incredibly relatable to me. I loved having Sirius back. I loved, because I loved him. I was devastated by the way it ended and couldn't believe it and was super convinced until the very last book that he was going to come back somehow and that he wasn't actually dead. And I blame that on all of my years of watching Buffy and shows where people who don't actually have a dead bleeding body are going to come back. I absolutely thought like up until the last book, I was waiting for him to come come back back. somehow. And actually, I love, I will say, I know we'll talk about, obviously we're going to talk about the seventh book eventually. I love the seventh book, but I cried through that entire freaking book. And especially toward the end when Sirius makes an appearance. I also loved, there's so many things I remember loving about this book that I, that rereading it again you know, like not the first time, obviously, because I loved it the first time. And then when I've subsequently reread it, I didn't love it as much. And now this time I like it again. But I love Tonks. I love the introduction of her character. And I thought she was just like a really cool, really fun, interesting character. I loved Grimald Place. I think it's super cool idea of this like hiding place. And then it's a spooky, weird sort of Victorian house, which is totally my genre, my brand. So I like I remember loving all that stuff and it still is really amazing when you reread it, you know? I agree. I agree also. I I don't I don't want to say I completely um felt the same way as Harry, but I feel like also because as an Asian child growing up with Asian parents, my growing up was delayed a little bit cuz I didn't do everything everybody else did. But I also kind of identified with Harry in this book, not just because I was just like, my parents don't understand me. I'm 18 years old and they still don't understand me. <laughs> but uh, I really liked this book also. I liked like the darkness and it was just like the dark turn in the series where the other ones have been like, it has had, they had had dark periods in it, but they, it had more like light in it. And this was like the dark turn in I just really like this book. Obviously, like other books, I think six and seven better than this. But I like this book. I completely understand people liking this book. Like, I, I, it's, it's absolutely a very good book. It just, for me, the reason that I'm not a huge fan of it is that it, I find it too oppressive. And maybe I'm just a wuss. I find, I yeah, I find, I find Harry's a mood. Like, I find, I, I get. I get frustrated with Harry judging or, or being very harsh to Hermione and Ron. Hermione in particular, who's who's trying to really be like they're all they're all fifteen, you know, and she's trying to be pretty I hate it when they're mad at each right, other. Right, right. I don't like when they're mad at each other. It makes me so it makes me so upset and like Hermione's Did you hate the Goblet of Fire though? Because Ron and Harry hated each other so much. Oh, uh, it's so that Yeah, was but when but especially when Hermione and Harry are mad at each other because like she's so kind she's still but the thing is like in 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 order the phoenix she mostly tries to be so kind to him and tries to understand him and be understanding of him and his situation and he doesn't he doesn't really i mean not that you can when you're when you're stuck in a situation but he doesn't really acknowledge or realize that she's being very understanding or trying to be very understanding so it's frustrating to me because i'm like don't you see she's really trying very hard to be compassionate toward you and you are being an asshole and it's very hard to practice compassion when people are dicks yeah i but i think so as i read through this book again and i don't know kind of like try to see it from harry's point or not really harry's point of view but other points of view than mine i realized that like I understand that it sucks that Harry is the way he is and he's like really bratty and he's very like entitled and so is serious. But like, like you said, I think in the last episode, uh, Sarah, that people are all flawed and they, mm-hmm. they are the way they are. So like these characters can't be per, if they were all perfect and they didn't have their flaws, then I think this story would be really bland and dumb. So it would just be a whole story, a whole book full of Hermione's. Yeah. No one wants that. No. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants a book full of Hermione. I no, do. I completely I completely agree. And I think that the this book and one thing I love about it is that it isn't like the reason that it is so evocative and so visceral in terms of my reactions and the emotions that it has in it and that it instills in you is that it is incredibly human. And you know, I like I said in my my chapter like a couple chapters ago one thing that 
Dumbledore says to Harry is, you know, when he's talking about Sirius kind of not being kind to Creature, is he's not saying that Sirius was a bad person, but his treatment of Creature wasn't wasn't good, and it was a product Creature was a product of who of how Sirius treated him and how society and his master treated him. And Sirius was also a pro- like mm-hmm. basically yeah. that that it all is interrelated. No one is perfect. Nothing is right. Like it's all everything is connected, and people are nuanced and different and weird, and are never going to be as good or as perfect or as evil as you want them to be. Same with same with Snape. And I'm not a big Snape fan, but you know, he had he was bullied. He didn't have a great, you know, home even Voldemort, who, like you were saying, Umbridge is pretty one-dimensional in terms of villains. Voldemort is actually like for as evil and not nuanced as he is, he does have a lot of layers in terms of we learn, especially in the upcoming books, we're gonna learn more about how he was raised and you know, like you were saying, he, he didn't really get to experience love and all of this stuff. And, and you know, no one is no one is born and no one is raised in a vacuum. I think uh, except this- for Brendan no. Fraser in that movie where he's in the bunker underground oh, during the nuclear apocalypse. <laughs> I also think this is a very good setup. Like, it's a good transition. We've seen like Harry being the good guy and like the nice guy, not the nice guy in the quotation marks, but like a, a nice guy and a good friend. Yeah. And this is like a kind of transition in this, I think fourth and the fifth book is kind of a transition for him. And he could have gone either way in this transition. He could have gone the very emo and like off the deep end way. But as we see in the next couple of books, he, I think because of the friendships that he has cultivated and the people that he has uh, surrounded himself with, including Luna and Neville, I think he comes out of this transition phase to be a better person. And I think this book in Goblet of Fire is very important in that transition for Mm -hmm. him in his life. I agree. Another thing, I feel like there are, there are like a series of things in this book which are just really frustrating and like just such bad decisions are made that it drives me nuts. The occlumency classes. Mm-hmm. Like what a disaster. And like how did how did no one but Harry see that this was just the worst idea? And even Dumbledore is like, oh yeah, that was a bad idea, I guess. And but he never even he must have. Re- I feel like you can't have. He couldn't have not re- like this. I'm like I'm trying to do double negatives, but Dumbledore saw. Like, there's no way he did not see early on after the first one that it wasn't going to work out. And I realized that he didn't want. I realized that he didn't want to be the person who taught that because he was worried. But they can't be the only two people who can do Aquamancy. Like, I don't know. Sign up for an online course. I like McGonagall. Could have done a better job, even if she's not like the best occlumency teacher in the world. It's still you're right. It still would have been a better res- end result. But I feel like maybe they picked Snape because Dumbledore and Snape knew about probably knew about what Voldemort was doing, and McGonagall. Right, I feel like probably, McGonagall might have. I don't think she. I don't think she was privy to the fact that Snape was like. Being right, a which actually, agent, which is actually maybe better. I don't know because if Harry I mean, had accidentally gone into her brain, he wouldn't have seen that, and don't, and therefore Voldemort wouldn't have seen that because clearly Harry accidentally got into. You know, I mean, like obviously that was like a memory thing, but like he he they were poking around in each other's brains, and that's not right. But um, I think that's maybe not not dangerous. Snape is so good at legimency and occlumency that he had it stored away. I just think that maybe but like, she would have freaked out more. He, he seemed worse off after. Like, the lessons seemed to harm him, if anything. Like, yeah. I don't think they well, helped him in any I way. I think it would have helped him if he had known why he had to do it. He never knew why right, he had to do it. He just thought that he needed to do it. And because Snape was teaching it, he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to practice anything. He didn't want to do any of his homework. For the thing. Well, Snape also didn't tell... Snape was just like, be strong, zap. And like, like he didn't... There was no teaching at all. There was like zero teaching. Just like the rest of his classes, am I right? 
Dun, dun, dun. I had like one important thing that I was going to bring up during this wrap up, and I have completely forgotten what it was. There is, there were more. I there were more. <laughs> there was a series of very bad and frustrating things, and I'm trying to remember what. The well, before were. you talk about bad and frustrating things, I'm going to talk about a couple more things that I like. Okay, that's a that's probably a positive and good thing to do. I have always, I was always, and still am, a huge fan of Fred and George. I found this book. A great Fred and George book in terms of their like Weasley's wizard wheezes, but then also their resistance, like fighting the power. I loved that, and I thought I just thought I I remember finding it so fun and so charming that they were like, you know what, we don't fuck it, we're going. Like you're not worth it. We will we will we will fight you until the end. And if you want to get us out of school, that's fine because being subject to you and to your whim is not worth it. So one is that, but then also there's like the tiny little bits of resistance that the teachers give. Maybe this is me just being like a resistance fighter, but like they're like all the like McGonagall, you know, sort of like edging, egging on Harry and, and not caring that they're, you know, getting umbrage. And even in the movie, you see like Flitwick, excited about fred and george you know like there you see all these little tiny rebellions because they can't really shake up this teachers want to be on dumbledore's side and want to fight voldemort but they can't really shake up the system so much because if they were kicked out worse things would happen and or that you know this is their livelihood but you see all these like little tiny pieces of resistance and i i thought that was really a cool thing that you don't really necessarily see in the other books so viva la resistance what were the other things did we do it I don't remember. Maybe it was just like the mirror and the that stuff. There were other things that I actually thought about that I can't remember. I mean, this book is good. Like every other. It's a good book. Stop it's a good book, guys. I'm sorry. Miguel! It is, I will I'm say, sorry. this is unlike... Sorry, Chamber of Secrets. This book is actually better than I remember it being. It is. Yeah, I, I would say that too. I agree with that too. Oh, the other thing is the the fucking torture with Umbridge, oh, yeah, like terrible. slicing people's hands open. Like, how does no one talk about that? Like, how does that not? How is how is that just like, you know, ignored? Um, it's terrible, and apparently, it's 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 excusable. I guess maybe the one the only other like reason I could think of is if they told the teacher. And the teacher, like, started a ruckus about it, then that teacher could have been then sacked. They should have got so. Yeah. Start a ruckus, no, I mean, I, I think that's the reason they give, but I just, I don't know, it feels... It's, it's terrible, but but I think I think it is, I will say, it's terrible, but I think it is a good, um, small, I mean, not insignificant, small, not insignificant way of showing how insidious the rule of umbridge and the denial of voldemort and that whole thing is because it's like you can get away with that shit that's how bad things are right now although snape has been getting away with torturing children for a long time but it's beyond it's beside the point i guess i was was obviously like don't i'm sorry for being so negative i do think it's a great book and (laughs) it's just in the scope of everything it's a great book and I like it a lot. I don't. It's not going to be uplifting if you're feeling bad about the condition of the world right now. Maybe don't read this one. It's like every every other thing that we criticize about the series, we always end up saying, "I like it. I like well, it a lot." Because the whole series, because <laughs> the whole series, like that's the thing is, I I feel like I don't. I mean, maybe I, maybe it doesn't need to be restated, but I love Harry Potter and I love every single book. So it's just like. You're just ranking the best things, and there's going to be yes, less exactly. best things than others. You know what I mean? Like, right? I don't know. If I had to choose between, you know, a Kit Kat and a Reese's, I'm going to have to rank them. But that doesn't mean they're not both amazing. Kit Kat is better, obviously. Um, I don't know. Reese's might be better. Well, anyway, yeah. let us know what you think. Your thoughts are about the this uh, book and the movie and. What we got wrong, what we got right, what you agree, what what you disagree, and what you want to add. But don't tell us we're wrong, because we're always right. And hey, uh, Sarah and Bajaya, thanks for 
for reading another book with me. Oh, oh my god, god. can you believe we got through another book? No, I have two more. Oh, don't say that. Hey, Sarah and Michael, thank you for so much for letting me keep the Glitzich Cup for one more season. Shut up, I hate you. Look, Wait, one more if, season. If Sarah had just if Sarah had just given up if Sarah had just given up on her own stuff and helped me sabotage <laughs> you, I could have won. I got so I came I feel like my story is a story of comeback. I you came, you were. You are Rudy, but you just I came back. I just wasn't close enough. Although I, there were some questions you guys knew and I was like you had and I was like, Oh no those Okay, Gerg. Uh yeah, I couldn't remember Gerg. You didn't know Gurk, and I knew. That was the only thing I knew. Yeah, but you guys didn't remember the prophecy thing, and I sure freaking did. <sighs> anyway, I, I I was running a very complicated convention. <laughs> so. That does I, not matter. You that's can, my excuse. That you I was, was going to say, my foot had been sliced open, but it actually hadn't been sliced open yet. No, it wasn't so, until that night. <laughs> it was on the horizon, guys. She could feel it coming. Yeah, yeah. I could feel my foot lost. about to explode. I'm very happy to have the um, the Quizich Cup for uh, next couple of six months ish. It was. I will say that our live Quizich Cup this year. I feel like I say this every year, but this year was so fun. It was really, I, really fun. fun. It was a great every group, time we do the we live Quizich Cup. I don't understand why we do it, and we keep <laughs> doing it. <laughs> we literally like I brought my book with me to the hotel and Bajai didn't and I was in the shower and she tried to steal my book and get answers out of it. I literally <laughs> flipped it to one page and it was Gurg and like the what is it Golgamoth or whatever it was and that was the one thing I memorized and that was the one question I didn't get that I knew. God damn it. Anyway, we'll see you next season that's crazy next season book six let's hope yeah see you around we'll see you next season we'll see can't wait to see you guys next season hopefully for You're a Wizard, Harry. Our editor is Mitch Cahill. Our artwork was done by Jesse Carlton, and our music was done by Sean Fagan. I know you want to help us out, so why don't you head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. And also, send us an email so we can talk to you. You can do that by emailing us at potterpod at geeklyinc.com. Hey, I know you all want to keep talking to us, so find us on Twitter at PotterPod. I'm Michael, and you can find me at 13 Nerd. I'm Sarah, and you can find me at Her Lady Tompkins. And I'm Bajaya, and you can find me at Ethnic Ninja. 